This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Welcome to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, home to the sports history and heritage. Inside is the Hall of Honor, where you can see the display for all the 2017 inductees. It's also where we'll be for the next hour with one of NASCAR's hottest stars, Kyle Larson. He's safely into the next round of the playoffs, and no doubt one of the ones you'll have to beat this year if you want to win the championship. And look, he's got fans of all ages. dirt track than sit on a beach somewhere. Kyle Larson, here he comes, your winner! I want to start from the back. You want to start from the back? Why? Couldn't see how good I am well, last. <laughs> I guess it'd be cooler to win from last than from the pole. We think Slick take a free wide on the outside and one. I'm running a few options through my head right now. Kyle Larson with a blinding restart. Larson to the bottom. He's got the lead. Oh my God! And Kyle, how did you do that? I have no idea. He's the best I've seen come along in a while. Just clocked me in the head right. there. It's what I love to do. It's what I'm good at. You know, it doesn't feel like a job. That's why it's a lot of fun. Hi, everyone, and welcome to NASCAR America. Marty Snyder, Jeff Burton, Dale Jarrett, and our guest today here at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Kyle Larson. Boy, it's fun to watch your highlights from this year, isn't it? <laughs> and think about all the fun moments you've had in 2017. Yeah, yeah not only the, the fun moments we've had this year, but, you know, the videos my mom had uh, taken growing <laughs> up as a, as a kid was, was really cool, too. As a kid, you're probably like, Mom, get that camera out of my face. But now you're probably like, man, I'm glad you took those videos. No, I mean, now looking at those, I, I appreciate it. But even even today, she's got cameras in my face all the time. So <laughs> we call her we call her Mamarazzi, and it gets annoying. But uh, when you when you get to look back, the videos are cool. I got to use Mamarazzi. So the season's <laughs> been fantastic for you guys. Obviously, could you have dreamed a season like this going into the year? Uh, I mean, yeah, you dream it. You don't know if it's going to be reality. Um, I think I kind of set my goals. If I could get two wins this year, uh, be a successful year. And we are at four right now with, you know, eight races left and a shot at the championship. So I feel like we've already kind of exceeded our expectations, or at least mine. Um, so, you know, anything above that is great. But uh, I feel like we have a great shot at the championship now. So, so what's, what's the difference this year? Why, you know, a lot of laps led. Is it just faster cars? Are you maturing a little bit of both? I, I mean, I'd like to say our, our race cars are a lot faster. Um, that's not me being arrogant or cocky about myself, saying that I'm, I, I feel like I'm as good now as I was three years ago, but uh, I do feel like our race cars are way better. Um, I think, you know, with us being able to lead laps, you know, run up front in the stages and get wins, it, it, it means your race cars are fast. So uh, Chad and, and everybody really at our race shop's done an amazing job. Um, at the end of last season, I would say the second half of last season, really all last year, but the second half of last season, it started showing that we were good. And then the off season, they made it even better. And then 
uh, we've continued to get better throughout this year. Well, so you won't sound like you're being cocky about it. I'm going to say you're really good and <laughs> that they finally got the race cars that have caught up with your talent. But do you sometimes, even looking at the four wins, you look at all the second-place finishes and think, my gosh, uh, this could be even better and, and more amazing than it has been? Yeah, we uh, we had our pre-weekend meeting um, leading up to this weekend. We always meet on Wednesdays, and we actually looked ahead to, like, where the points would be if it were to start right now for the next round. And I'm like, oh, you're, you'll be about 27 points ahead of 12th. I'm like, well, if I would have just had, you know, four more <laughs> wins, that would be another 20 points on top of that. But, um, yeah, you know, there's been a lot of – and every driver's kind of had opportunities in front of them that they could have done things different to win. But I feel like I've had a lot, um, not only race wins, but stage wins. So um, – but, you know, it's, it's, I guess, a good problem to have when you're, when you're thinking about the wins you could have had. So, so what's the game plan this weekend? You, you know you're, you're in the playoff. You're in the next round. So how do you approach Dover? Well, I think we can, uh, I mean, obviously you don't have to be aggressive on strategy calls. So I think that that's nice. You just really don't have to be that aggressive overall, I think. You know, uh, I look back, I watched the race um, yesterday, the night before of the Dover race from earlier in the year, and I was super aggressive the whole time. And um, I guess, you know, made Truex and Jimmy a little, a little frustrated throughout that race. So, um, I, you know, I could probably have more give and take on my end. Um, where, I, you know, a win, we're still going to go for a win, no doubt. And I feel like we're going to have an amazing shot at winning. But uh, you also can't, you know, this isn't a good time of year to make anybody mad. <laughs> I said yesterday on the show, as we were talking about Dover and what came to mind, attack. And when I think about you, that pretty much sums you up, too. Yeah. So this has to be one of your favorite places, kind of a high-speed high Bristol and being able to race and run anywhere you want to on the track. I would say this track is definitely in my top three. It's probably my third third favorite track. I'd say Bristol's <laughs> my favorite, Homestead, and then Dover. Uh, and all three of those tracks have similar driving styles, you know, where you're aggressive. Yeah. Um, you know, Homestead, you're aggressive, in, or at least I'm aggressive in running the wall. Um, and, and Bristol and Dover, like you said, are very similar. So I, I enjoy it. Dover, I think, stats-wise, is probably my best track. Uh, we, I don't think I had a worse finish than 10th or 11th, as, except for the, 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 this race last year when the battery yeah. fell out. So um, I always run good there and, and still haven't yet to get a win, but, but we've been close a couple times. I love the perspective you had on the, the, the controversy, if you will, at Chicago when Brad Kozlowski came out and said, oh, the Toyotas have an advantage. You had a different perspective on that. You said it's not a Toyota advantage. It's a 78 and 18 advantage. In other words, a Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch advantage. What gives you that perspective? Well, I guess what gives me that perspective is, is I feel like I've been running outrunning all the other Toyotas aside from the 78 and, and the 18 I'd say we're pretty equal with, but the 78 by far is is the fastest car every week. 18 is kind of right there, and, and we're also there. So I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a Toyota dominance. I think, I think the 78 team in general has worked hard on whatever they've figured out, mm -hmm. and it's showed the last three years. And because um, even when they were racing with you know RCR and ECR, they were just as dominant then as they are now with a totally different manufacturer. Right. So uh, I, I think it's more of a, a Cole Pern and, and Martin Truex and that whole team kind of dominance. So, so looking at the, the remaining races, I know you mentioned Homestead and Dover this weekend, but what are, the, what are the races that concern you, the place you don't feel comfortable going to? Yeah, so I, I honestly think this, this next round is kind of the tougher one for me. Um, Charlotte, you know, I always run good at Mount Haas, but Charlotte for some reason has been kind of a hit or miss track for me, um, especially at night. So I'm, I'm happy that this year's race is a day race. <laughs> Uh, I think we it, all are, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> as long as no weather comes into play, um, I hope we should get there. Um, and then Talladega, obviously. 
Um, and then Kansas I run pretty good at as well. So, um, But I, I think if we can have a good Charlotte, that'll make Talladega a little easier for us. And then, and then hopefully Kansas, we can go there and, and do what we typically do and run you know, the top five or ten. So a, a win this weekend and maybe a stage win or so could could really help you not have to think about Talladega so much if you're able to do that because that, that would give you a good start into that second round. Yeah, so, I, you know, like I was saying, I think we have a 27-point lead on whatever 12th will be or I don't know what it would be on 8th, but if we could go to Charlotte and, and pretty much do what we've done so far in the, the playoffs, uh, run up front of the stages and get a good finish and, and kind of, had that for Talladega, you can be smarter about your race at Talladega. So, um, but everything's got to go right, and, and typically things don't go right. You were kind enough to go to a school visit before the Chicago race a couple of weeks ago with second graders. First question out of a kid's mouth: Why is Target leaving you? I mean, the, the crowd was <laughs> tough. I mean, these were these kids were reporters. So, were you shocked that that was the first question from a seven-year-old? Well, yeah. So I was I was able to actually be part of the uh, Chicagoland like kids. Kids club, right? Um, all throughout the year, so I, you know, sending videos and stuff of myself. But, but I actually got to go out to Chicago and meet a lot of these kids. And um, yeah, you know, typically you don't you you <laughs> get you know the questions of like, oh, what's your favorite racetrack? Or you know, I, I answered a question earlier with another young kid, what's your favorite food? Um, but this kid asked, you know, with a straight face, why is Target leaving? <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, man, at least Spencer sent you out here <laughs> yeah, right. for what? Well, at least you know they were doing research, right? Yeah, right. They know how to research. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I always enjoy doing doing stuff with kids, and and uh, there's definitely no filter either on them, so it's fun to answer questions. So what is your favorite food? Uh, so I was saying right now, I, um, I like Mexican food, so I could eat you know, tacos, tostadas. <laughs> I, could, I could live off chips and salsa if there's some good salsa. I was going to ask you also about your team owner, Chip Ganassi. Can we get him to be a little nicer to you guys after you win? I mean, he beats you guys up after wins. I don't know why Chip does that, but it's funny to watch the footage. Here he is with Chad. Poor Chad Johnston. I think he has shaken baby syndrome yeah. from that, doesn't he? he Look did, at that. He, he actually did have a, uh, a headache. He was looking for, for Advil or Tylenol when we got on the airplane. Watch this. That. Oh, pop in the head. Yeah. You felt that, didn't you? <laughs> I did. But I got him. I got him at Richmond after we won there. So. Oh, what uh, happened? I didn't. I didn't see. Oh, that. I, well, he. I. I smacked him in the back of the head. Like oh, he got me. Yeah. But he got me back too. So. Um, <laughs> As long as we're winning, I mean, I'll take a little, uh, a little beating. But as long as, as NASCAR doesn't, you know, say I have a concussion or anything like that. Oh, okay. Well, we decided we decided that he should fight in his own weight class. Yeah, he was he was out of his weight class, and he yeah. should not be allowed to fight in that class. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not in his weight class. No. So. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I can't imagine what he would do if you won the championship, though. Is he going to oh. knock you down completely, or what? I don't know. I, I'll take it, though. I'll take the beating. <laughs> I, that's the last race of the year, so I, I got some recovery time after that. I, I guess, though, I'm racing a midget right after, but I'll, I'll be fine. I'll racing. take the beating. The racing never ends for you, does no, it? No, never. Never ends for Kyle Larson. Going to be fun to have him here for the next hour on NASCAR America. Coming up on the show, we'll dive into Kyle's racing roots. Remember, we sent Kyle Petty and Rutledge Wood out to California. We'll see what they found out there in his hometown. And remember Dover last spring? Well, Kyle certainly does. How much did that day earn him a little respect? And also, we'll have our drivers meeting coming up. And we mentioned Kyle drives everything. What's the best way for a driver to stay in shape? Larson has some ideas on that. Kyle will also answer some of your questions during the show today. Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag AskLarson, and we'll get your questions answered by Kyle today. More to come from the Hall of Fame with NASCAR America. 
No doubt the driver everyone will be paying attention to this weekend at Dover is Jimmy Johnson back in June. The seven-time champ earned his 11th career Dover victory, but there's so much more on the line this weekend. A win at Dover will guarantee you a spot in the round of 12. Dover's great. It's tough, physically tough, mentally tough. It's really challenging and, and makes the best drivers come on out. There's a lot of pressure on, on everybody. I think you have to lay it all out there and, and know that there's no second chances. You definitely have to have your A game. You gotta be clutch, you gotta win the race. We've got a playoff doubleheader for you this weekend at Dover. The Xfinity Series racing Saturday at 3 Eastern, then Sunday at 2 Eastern, an elimination race for the Monster Energy Cup Series, all on NBCSN this weekend. Hey, eight spots remain up for grabs heading into the race on Sunday. Earlier today, Kyle Petty appeared on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio to discuss what drivers need to do to move forward in the playoffs. If I look at Kurt Busch and I look at Casey Kane, those guys are in an easy position. they got to go win. That's how simple it is as far as I'm concerned. There is another way in for them if there's a catastrophic or a huge accident on the first lap for some of these guys. But I think all week they, they just worry about winning. But if you look at Austin and Newman and Stenhouse and those guys right there, it's like, okay, this is our Miami. It's one race. Winner take all, we move on. So I, I think it's, it's almost it's not that Miami pressure by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but for these guys, it's dang close right now. You can start your day with Sirius XM NASCAR Radio every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern. One of our NBC personalities joins the morning drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni at Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. Now, Dover over the years has become one of Kyle Larson's strongest tracks with five top tens and the seven starts at the Monster Mile. He narrowly missed out on a win there last year, but earned a lot of respect in the process. Green flag back in the air. Kyle Larson does not come up to speed. Matt Kenseth will lead him back to turn number one. Larson to the bottom of the racetrack. Kenseth, though, battles back on the outside. Larson loose off two. He'll gather it back up. Larson is there, drawing even side by side off the corner. Kenseth, he's out front of Kyle Larson. He'll hold him off and score his first win of the year. God! He did a hell of a job today, kid. Good job. Our day's coming, I told you. You know, I didn't want to do anything, anything dirty. Um, you know, I respect Matt Kenseth a lot. You know, he's uh, <clears throat> he's definitely, in my eyes, the, the cleanest racer out there. And um, you know, he always races me re with respect. Um, and I try to do the same with him. He's a great race car driver. Um, to me, it doesn't even seem seem right that he hasn't hasn't won yet. He's got a bunch of victories in front of him for sure. He's uh, he's a really really clean, uh, hard racer and a, and a fast learner. And that, of course, was last June. Obviously, he's won since then. But I, after that day, was there a little piece of you that said, man, I should have just put a bumper to him and gotten that first win? Or were there no regrets after it was over with? No, I, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think I regret uh, racing him the way I did. Um, I raced him with respect, and, and that was some good, really, really good stock car, you know, clean stock car racing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I felt like, I, like you said, I earned a lot of respect throughout the garage after that race. And, and um, you know, I've got five wins since then. So uh, I, I'd say it's kind of worked out. <laughs> I would agree with that. So did you catch, did anybody give you a hard time? Like, did you get any pressure about, hey, it would have been easy just to knock him out of the way and win the race? Or you just um, all that out? 
No, I mean, I don't think from, no, I didn't, from other drivers, obviously, you know, race fans from their couch, uh, <laughs> on social media. But, on Twitter? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, yeah, I don't know. I'm not Dale Sr. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't move somebody, I guess, or I guess you could move them. I wouldn't, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, and especially at a place like Dover, I, I appreciated the way that you raced that and have tremendous amount of respect because I think Jeff and I know, you know, it's easy. Anybody can knock somebody out of the way, but I think that that's what the sport was built on. And, and so when you see that, and especially from a young driver that doesn't have a win yet, you, you know that you're dealing with someone special. So it, with all of that and getting that respect in the garage area, as your uh, star has risen here, do you feel like that you have a voice in, in the garage area? And, and I don't know if you're part of the driver's council. I don't know who all is on that. But uh, is that something that you're ready to take hold of and, and be a voice in the garage area? Well, I mean, I, maybe I'm at the point, you know, in, in success level, I guess, that maybe I could have a voice. Um, I'm a fairly quiet guy, though, so I don't. And, and honestly, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't think about right now in my my career. I don't really think too much about how to grow the sport or or you know what things I need to do or what things um, safety wise or or whatever I need to do or bring up to grow the sport. I'm I'm right now. I'm out there just racing and trying to win. I think, you know, down the road, you know, maybe in a couple of years, I'll grow up even more and start to think more outside of, of what I'm doing in the race car and to help to grow the sport. But uh, I think just me and, and my excitement and my racing right now is doing the, the speaking of, yeah. at least on my part, of growing the sport. Well, hey, listen, that's if, if, you, if you really don't, if you really just focus on, focus on your racing, that's really the yeah. smart decision to make is just focus on your racing. And especially as a young guy, you shouldn't feel pressure to like, be the guy, you know what I mean? The spokes guy. Yeah. Focusing on your racing will get your, you'll have plenty of voice. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's just how this sport's always worked. Yeah. I was, so I was in the driver's council the first two years they had it and like I didn't talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, me and Dale Jr., as vocal as he is on social media and stuff, I probably actually talked a little bit more than he did in the council. He's uh, <laughs> fairly quiet. He was always on texting on the phone, but, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the council is really good, and, and the way they've structured it this year. I'm not in it, but I've heard you know the way they structured it is is even better. So, um, but it was nice being in the council when I was because I did get to learn about what other drivers think of to help mm -hmm. grow the sport. So it gave me a, an idea of, of you know whenever I do you know grow up more and, and think about that stuff. You know what what kind of things there is to think about. Yeah. So, Go ahead, DJ. Yeah, when you see that clip played back, and, of course, I know that you have those race fans that sit on the couch and they've never lost a race there, but they don't understand. So <laughs> explain to them how, you know, a couple of times we saw you run Kenseth down, and this is the only track, but at Dover specific, because we're going there this weekend, uh, how you can run a guy down, get beside him. What's the difficulty then in trying to make that pass and complete it? Yeah, Dover, so, I mean, each lap you run, you're losing grip, so that, that doesn't make it easy. But you can catch them, and then, man, they'll – like you'll, they'll be around the bottom, around the bottom. You catch them, they move up a groove, and you're like, okay, I got a lane. Well, then now they're now they got you pinned down. Your momentum's dragged down. You have your arrows not good, uh, so it just makes it hard. And and um, so it's I I tried a couple times to get to his outside and didn't make it work. But yeah, uh, yeah it was a fun race for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, are you ready to answer some questions from the fans? They've, they've been sending in questions on Twitter for us. I'm ready. Use the hashtag <laughs> Ask Larson to send us some of your question. The first question comes from Beans, and he wants to know, who is your hero going up, and why did you like them so much? I did, so I, I get that question asked a lot, and I wouldn't ever really say I've had a hero, um, but there's definitely race car drivers that I looked up to and, and were fan, a fan of. 
So, you know, in, in NASCAR, I would say Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Casey Kane, um, really anybody who grew up racing, you know, midgets or sprint sure. cars on dirt tracks, I rooted for. So, um, and then like on the Outlaw Tour, um, back then was probably like Jack Hottenchild or Joey Saldana, somebody like that. Well, we actually have that shot of you in a Jeff Gordon T-shirt as a young man, you know. So, yeah. so you had that. First you had the Jeff Gordon paraphernalia. <laughs> did you have the Jeff Gordon poster in the room? Perhaps? Oh yeah, yeah. I had the uh, the stay in school Jeff Gordon poster. <laughs> I didn't know the, that. Poster uh, my 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 light switch was Jeff Gordon. I had a lot of Jeff Gordon stuff. Impressive light switch, Jeff Gordon. Yep. Who knew? I have uh, a Farrah Fawcett poster in my room. Oh, I, I knew that, okay. yes. That was your age, too, Jeff, in case you didn't know. But, yeah. you know, what, what young man your age did not have the Farrah Fawcett poster, You right? had one, too, right? No, I was a little bit older, a little bit younger than that. So, <laughs> hey, coming up on NASCAR America, just really? pointing out the truth, Jeff, uh, we'll talk about Kyle's racing roots a little bit more and where did that racing bug come from and the success that came so soon after that. You're a cute kid, Kyle. Look at <laughs> Are you finished? You've been racing for a half hour. I want to start from the back. You want to start from the back? Why? Because see how good I am well, <laughs> Kyle is the type that needs a rabbit to chase. If he's got a, somebody in front of him, it makes him even better. Welcome back to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. You know, it was 25 years ago when a California kid named Jeff Gordon made his Cup Series debut. He went on to win 93 races and collect four championships. I think he was pretty good, guys, I think. Not bad. Slightly. Yeah, yeah I think he's okay. Um, continuing the great California tradition is Mr. Larson, who is from Elk Grove, California. Kyle is looking to join Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, and Kevin Harvick on the list of California drivers who have won NASCAR's Premier Series championship. As you'll see here, Larson's winning ways began early and often. How many trophies do you think are in this house? couple hundred at least. Yeah. So like when we used to race cycling, if you were in the C main and you would transfer the B main to the A main, if you finished top three in all those, you'd get three trophies in the no night. Way. Yeah. I built him a couple of little carts, you know, like at four years old. And uh, a few races into that, and I told her, he's way better than the car. And we've got to step it up or, or he's going to get frustrated. I said he wasn't going to race, but I lost every battle like that. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. How did you kind of make peace with the fact that there was danger at really every level? If you ask me today, would you let him race? I'd say no. She used to always say every division that he wanted to yeah. move, because, you know, he was always proficient at moving up the ladder, but she would be, not until he gets hair on his chest. I finally got like a patch, so. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic part of our Racing Roots series, Kyle Petty and Rutledge Wood going out to California to see you and your family. It's always fun to go back home, isn't it? But that, I think that gives us a taste of, of why dirt racing and, and the core of what you are has made you who you are today and why you still love dirt racing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, definitely love it. Um, I'm heavily a part of it. I race, you know, 25 times in a year, co-owner with Justin Marks on a World Outlaw team. So mm -hmm. uh, I just enjoy it. You know, I, I wish I could still travel to, to the dirt races and back and forth, but uh, just can't make it happen. But um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what it is about dirt racing. I think just all my friends are from there. The, the cars are really exciting, you know, 
beasts uh, with tons of <laughs> horsepower and lightweight. So uh, just everything about it's fun. You can race a lot throughout the year. So um, it's just, yeah, it's just, I think you just fall in love with, with whatever is your first thing. So, so your dad built your first car. Was he into racing? Where, where, how did he decide to put you in a car? <laughs> my dad actually you know, never raced, but uh, my parents were huge race fans you know, well before I was born um, or before they were married. Um, but then you know, when I was three weeks old, they took me to my first race um, and really been going to a racetrack ever since then, you know, every weekend. Um, so you know, I, that's all I grew up knowing was racing. I played a little bit of Little League baseball and, and you know, probably had fun with it, but new racing was more, more fun. Um, and yeah, he built me a little, you know, he'd build carts like that uh, and, and we'd go play around in it. And <laughs> then I went, you know, real racing and outlaw carts when I turned seven. So when you, when you think about what got you here and, and you're still able to, to go back to that, <laughs> does that make you a, a better driver the entire time? Uh, just getting back there and, and doing it i mean you go to those cars you you know you, you don't have spotters you don't have no. anything no radio communication no mirrors uh it's just you and and outrunning the guys that are around you well th- yeah i mean i definitely think when i go there and race it makes me and, and when i race anything not just a sprint car or midget you know i think everything that i race helps me in nascar and um you know i enjoy racing the sprint cars because like you said it's more i guess about you i mean it's still a team sport but like you said no spotters um everybody's equipment's fairly equal. You know, you can't get outfunded really by anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I feel like driver comes more into it. Um, and it's just something that's really exciting. The fans are great. The fans are great everywhere, but especially dirt track fans are really passionate. It seems like Mama Larson, well, even though even though she was the one, you know, the fan from the beginning, and we'll call her Mama Razzi now, right? <laughs> she's taking pictures of you all the time. But she was the one that you had to convince, right? Was it always a battle? Because I'm sure the, Ch- the Chesser didn't come in. Much <laughs> no, I mean, right? Chesser finally came a little bit uh, last year. But um, uh, my dad probably had to do more of the convincing. But really, I think my dad um, did more of the, the ask for forgiveness part of it. So, like, sh- you know, he bought a go-kart without telling her. You know, okay. The one that I first started racing. Um, that one right there, he bought without her knowing uh, and showed up in the garage. And, and uh, so I think... She wouldn't have had to say, I don't think. Honey, what's in the garage? And she's a she's a bigger race fan probably than all of us. Really? So she loves it. Well, then Even why she we... might play the part like, oh, she's a scared mom. She's not. So then maybe the, <laughs> that's why the hesitation, because she's such a fan and she knows what can happen. So she was maybe a little worried about her little cub, I, right? I don't think she gets that nervous. She, like when I wrecked at Daytona in 2013, she had no idea that was me. She was sitting in the grandstands videotaping me because she still videotapes for some <laughs> odd reason when she could just record you guys on TV. But, uh, so she didn't even know it was me. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. She doesn't get too nervous. Go back to that wreck. What was that like being in that car and going through all of that? Well, as you've seen from my dirt stuff, I've crashed often in, in sprint cars and stuff and that stuff is a little more scary to me when you wreck. Not that I'm scared ever when I wreck, but um, your wrecking is more frequent in those or hard wrecks. Yeah. So I think you get kind of used to it and you understand it's part of racing. So, um, and then the Daytona wreck, it didn't, I had you know, an idea that I got into the air. I didn't know I got into the catch fence because everything was soft, like nothing, nothing mm. hurt. None of, the hit, none of the impacts hurt. Um, so when I landed and got out of the car um, and realized my front half of my car was gone, that's when it got a little scary, you know, more, more worried about the fans and stuff like that uh, than myself. Cause I was fine. So um, I don't ever 
they'll get scared when I wreck and, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, like I said, sprint cars, you have multiple impacts that hurt. Stock cars usually just have one big one. So going back, go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. So I wanted to go back to dirt racing as well. So yeah. it, it seems like a fraternity to me. It seems like, like you and Stenhouse and Stewart and, and uh, you know, there's several of you that, like, y'all get together and watch races. Like, y'all, it's almost like a fraternity. Y'all love it. Is that right? <laughs> Ricky and I, every weekend, and you know, Danica hates it. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. how I knew that. She asked me one day. Just, Caitlin, Caitlin's, like, middle of the road with it, but... But there's, there's dirt racing on the internet every weekend. So, you know, Friday and Saturday, Caitlin, Owen, and I will go over to Ricky's bus. Danica will probably cook dinner for us. And then we'll have, you know, dirt vision on one computer, the cushion on another computer, some other race on an iPad or phone or, or a different <laughs> separate window on a computer and taking up all the internet. So um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, it's fun to, to watch dirt racing and, and, yeah, like I said, Danica doesn't enjoy us because we don't we don't talk to them while they're while we're watching it. But uh, it's fun. You're focused on that, right? You, you you know you told Kyle and Rutledge something interesting in the Racing Roots piece. You said I, my Cup career may be shorter than some because I want to go back to that at, a, at an age where I still can compete and win at the dirt races. Have, have you thought about do I, you literally want a shorter Cup career so you can go do that? I mean, it's hard it's hard saying. You know, if 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 I'm racing as good as I am now eight, 10 years from now, I'm probably still going to continue what I'm doing. But, um, I know if my cup career falls off and, and our cars slow down or whatever, I'll be perfectly content racing the world of outlaws. Um, you can still make a good living. Obviously you're mm-hmm. not making millions of dollars, but you're still making a really, really good living. Um, and having a lot of fun traveling the country, um, and racing really fun cars. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm loving racing NASCAR. <laughs> I won't be. I won't be sad when I'm when I'm leaving it someday. Hmm. Um, and who knows when I'm racing outlaws? Like I said, it could be ten years from now, or, or less, or it could be twenty years from now. So what's what's the what's the biggest difference when you go to other than I understand big crowd. I get that, but but other than that, what's the biggest difference between going to a cup race and a, and a sprint car race? I would say probably the obligations. Um, when I race a sprint car. I don't show up to the track till like 4.30 or <laughs> 5 o'clock when the driver's meeting starts. And then, I mean, you're, I'm there from 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock. I mean, we're leaving tomorrow at 5 o'clock for, <laughs> yeah. for Dover's race on yeah. Sunday afternoon. Um, so all the, all the practice and, and stuff that leads up to it, um, just to run one race is, is probably the, the worst part about it. So we have too much practice in Cup? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Give us, give us one practice, a one 30-minute practice in qualifying and let us go race. I'll get like it done. It. Yeah. You like could it. get it done in one day. These two guys were saying, why didn't they come up with that idea like 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah, you guys right? had testing yeah. and, oh, and everything. All yeah. 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 How about, now, you've got a son that's not quite three. Does he have a motorized go-kart yet, or is that coming soon? No, no go-kart, because um, he, for some reason, he can't figure out the steering wheel, but he's got, like, handlebars <laughs> down, so he's got his bicycle, and then uh, we have, like, a battery-powered quad, so he can figure out how to turn left and right like this, but not like that, but um, he, he loves being at the racetrack, and, and there's so many kids now yeah. at the racetrack, it makes, makes it a lot of fun, so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's so cool to get to see him and Cash and, and all the other kids playing around. It is certainly a good community of young kids, isn't it? Does that bring the drivers closer, you feel like, you, because you spend more time together? Because it's like any neighborhood. You spend time yeah. with them because you have kids the same age. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, before we had Owen, 
you know, I was in the Cup Series and I didn't really talk to anybody besides like Ricky and, and Casey maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that, you know, I, we, we've all, well, Ricky does, but, but, but I've got a son and, and Boyer and Kenseth and McMurray. I mean, everybody has their kids there um, and you're off playing in the playground or whatever, doing stuff with MRO. It brings you closer together and you make, make more friendships. Well, we're, we're, you mentioned Justin Marks a minute ago. We're going to show you what he did this week. I don't okay. think you want to tackle what he did <laughs> this week, not. what He's Justin Marks sure. tackled this week. But up next is our driver's meeting. We're going to do it here in the Hall of Honor in front of Raymond Park's car. And I'm wondering how Kyle would have been in the early days of NASCAR. We'll talk about that coming up next here on NASCAR America. Welcome back to NASCAR America Live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I was not mechanical. We'd make him look at race car parts and tell us what that part was. I didn't want him to go to Chip Ganassi Racing or even Brent Cading and they say, go get a left front arm and he comes back with a tire, you yeah. know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I put the gears in upside down yeah. and uh, we went to Placerville. It was like bog and really bad and in hot laps and I was like, I know what I did wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once we started winning some is when I kind of thought like, oh, maybe I could make it to NASCAR someday. You know, everybody's been saying I'm the next Jeff Gordon. We just had confidence and he drove the wheels off it. Kyle Larson's prowess on dirt is well documented. He's won some of dirt's biggest events at tracks like Eldora, Belleville, and Paris. Last month, he won an opening night of the Knoxville Nationals and finished second in the finale the night before, climbing into a cup car and winning at Michigan. I would say that's pretty good. And for more on Kyle's driving style, let's head over to Jeff, DJ, and Kyle, and I'll let you take it away, Mr. Burton. Well, we're standing in front of Raymond Park's car, and I have a feeling that you would have enjoyed doing this because when we think about this car, this car ran on dirt. You know they were sideways. You know they had their hands full. This seems like you'd fit right in. I don't know. It probably didn't have power steering back then. No, I would say and not. I, <laughs> I don't think these noodle arms could have handled it. But no, I mean, that's uh, I can't, I cannot imagine. I can't even imagine racing in the era of any of these cars in here uh, compared to what it is nowadays. So um, especially, you know, this, this is pretty insane. So speaking of that, Ben, so... We hear a lot about every driver's workout routine and what they do and how much time they spend in the gym. But somebody told me along the way that you feel like maybe your workout's a little bit different, that maybe you get your workout from being inside of these cars. So I, I, I never really worked out until this year. Um, and I, I still don't really. Like, I, I might work out twice a month. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think my working out is going off and racing as much as I do. I think, I think there's something to be said about being in race shape. Um, so I never, I've never been tired in a race car, like fatigue, like muscle fatigue or anything like that. Um, obviously, our race cars get hot, so I think that's where you get fatigue. But um, I think race shape is big and really important. I mean, you look at Tony Stewart, he's, he's got a gut on him, and he's, he's doing great in his, in his sprint car. I was just going to ask you about somebody else that didn't work out, and that was Tony Stewart. <laughs> yeah. seemed to work out for him. You guys have a good relationship, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy being around Tony and, and getting to race with him a little bit, and uh, he's done so much for, for racing, but, but helping me kind of get to get my name out there and, and get to, to where I'm at today. I think, you know, 2011... Um, I had a great year in, in open wheel cars and Tony, um, you know, he was really the one there was a, you know, him and Jeff and, and Casey were kind of talking about me a lot, but Tony, especially, and still to this day talks about me a lot and keeps my name out there. And, and I really think helped get Chip Ganassi to notice me. 
So the one thing that I've noticed in the videos and things, and you haven't really talked about it, so I'll ask you, you talk about Jeff Gordon being your, your idol uh, and growing up. Now, Jeff, if you talk to uh, Ray Ehrenham, Jeff didn't know much about working on the cars or anything, didn't care to. All he was was the man that knew how to make it go fast. Is that kind of what you are too? Because I hadn't seen you working on these things. <laughs> I've I've honestly been underneath the one uh, underneath the cup car maybe once or twice. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't tell you you could lay down a part in front of me. I probably wouldn't be able to tell you what it is. So um, I, I view it kind of is, and I wish I, I I wish I would take more time to learn them. And it's probably still not too late to learn a little bit about them. But um, my job is to drive the race cars. You know. Crew chief and, and all the engineers, I think you know they're paid to to make it go fast and and based off my feedback, uh, they can do that. So um, I I don't want to be the driver and, and there's drivers in the Cup Series that be like, oh, you need to change, put this spring in or this shock on it. And and uh, I think a lot of times they think they know more than what we or what they really know. Yeah. yeah. So so how do you prepare? You're going to Dover this weekend. What do you do before you go to Dover? So um, I watch I watch the race over or key moments of it. I probably watch seventy five percent of the race, um, and, and you know especially Dover because you can look at different lines and stuff and look at what other drivers are doing. So go over that stuff, and then we had our pre race meeting um, earlier today. So we kind of go over our practice plan and how many sets of tires we have for the race, and and a little bit of race strategy. Um, and then then we'll do all the practice, and then actually right before the race. Right before the driver's meeting, we'll have another pre-race meeting with the one and the 42 teaming and go over, you know, kind of race trends and, and how our car has been driving and, and strategies more. So there's a lot of homework that, that I do as a driver to uh, get prepared. Yep. Well, thanks for coming to the driver's yeah. meeting. I think it's working for him, don't you? <laughs> this was an easy one, wasn't it? Yeah, sure it was. So, appreciate you coming. We're not done with it yet, though. Right. We still got some time to stay with you. <laughs> Good. And we're still taking questions as well for Kyle. We're not using the hashtag Ask Kyle because Kyle Petty will start answering all the questions. So we're going to keep it to Ask Larson. So use your hashtag Ask Larson. Send it to us on Twitter. We'll get to more questions for Kyle coming up in a minute on NASCAR America. Formula One is right here on NBCSN, and after 19 years, this weekend will mark the final Malaysian Grand Prix. Malaysian Grand Prix starts Saturday at 2.30 a.m. Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, right here on NBCSN. Hey, we talked about Justin Mark, so here's what I was talking about. He's climbing the northeast face of Haling Peak in western Canada. The summit's only 8,000 feet high. I'm shooting video. A, he's insane. But, Larson, this this should be your workout regime you were just talking about, not racing cars. No. <laughs> I, uh, A simple no? I see, I see what Justin does, you know, working out during the week to get to this oh. point. It's, it's already crazy, so... He can have that. So when, <laughs> you, said, when you said only 8,000 yeah. feet, yeah. that was being... I, I, that was being very facetious okay. Because, okay, good. because he'll tell you and DJ will tell you, I cannot literally <laughs> climb on top of a halter in the, in the garage area. That's how afraid of heights I am. <laughs> oh, I can if I have to. Uh, but I had to hold his hand. We went up to the booth in Pocono. I had to hold his hand last year. Oh, my gosh. It wasn't quite tall, that bad. You're, huh? you're, you're tall. Should yeah, you I am height? tall. But, you know, I just don't like heights. That's is what I'm saying, my man. Uh, haulers I've gotten used to. But the booths that we have to climb to sometimes, can't do that. So you're not climbing a mountain is what you're saying. No, I'm not too afraid of heights. But um, 
No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not climbing a mountain. I I could be racing a sprint car somewhere instead of climbing a mountain. <laughs> DJ Jeff, you no, they that? put something up there that I need to get. Then we need to get a helicopter. That's the only. Yeah. That's all I, the only way I'm getting up there. Eight thousand yeah. feet's a little too strong for you, huh? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Is Justin crazy or why does he do that? Uh, I just think he's a very you know adventurous. You know, I think he he just wants to accomplish stuff in life that other people haven't, and it's been really cool to see. Sure. I've been making fun of him a little bit. You know how crazy he is, but. <laughs> It's been really cool to see kind of the effort that he's put into it and, and gosh, all the training he's doing uh, to, to train to climb Mount Everest. Like, that's awesome. There's not many people, I guess, yeah. that I, I mean, he'd be the only one that I've known that's uh, trying to do that. Who's the crazy guy shooting the video? That's what I want to know because, look, there's nothing there <laughs> except to go straight down. I don't know yet, but I'm going to say one thing about him, that when he does that, climbs Mount Everest, then he's going to be the only person to ever do that and win a road course in the Xfinity Series. <laughs> Nobody else will. Can, or will ever, probably. He's yeah. got that claim to so fame. he's got it. If nothing else. Well, congratulations, Justin, on making it to the top very safely, which is what we're really worried about. So coming up, more from NASCAR America, and we'll answer your questions for Kyle. Welcome back to NASCAR America on NBCSN Live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I wish I was racing sprint car somewhere, but uh, Caitlin's got me talked into going uh, to Mexico for some vacation. So um, we'll get to, I don't like sand between my toes, or I don't like walking <laughs> on beaches. I don't like any of that stuff, but I'm going to suck it up and go. So she's taking you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, she likes beaches. I don't, but I like dirt tracks. Well, wait a minute. Wait, who doesn't like to go to the beach? Why don't you like to go to the beach? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if I want to get sun laying down, I can just do it next to my pool in my backyard. But uh, that, that interview is actually funny because so like Ricky Stenhouse's birthday is coming up. But but, you know, Danica, Caitlin and I and, and some of Danica's friends from Scottsdale have been planning this surprise birthday. So he thought we were going to Mexico the whole time. So every interview I did, I was like, and asked about the off week. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Mexico, going to Mexico. But we were really going to the Bahamas <laughs> oh, yeah. on a yacht. So That's good. Uh, That's good. Yeah. So we, we went on a yacht, actually. So the yacht, I love, I love yacht trips. All <laughs> okay. Right? So I can do a yacht trip, but no Different no, ball game. It's no just beach the sand trip. or what is it? I don't know. The sand's hot and it tickles my feet a little bit. So <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's all right. It's relaxing, but, but there's better things to do. All the things we've learned about Kyle Larson today. We're going to learn some more right now. Here's all your questions. And we begin with NASCAR Chasm asking a question. But I was a little, oh, no. I was a little leery oh, of God. this one. Do we, want to, do we want to have him ask a question? But it's a good question. What's the highest number of races you've run in a single week? Dirt, asphalt, whatever. Just looking for a number on that. I think in 2000, 2012, I ran 28 races in June. So, I mean... Do that math. I probably ran. I probably ran twelve or thirteen in a row, wow. at least. So yeah. So then the max of probably seven. But you've yeah. run double headers, correct, in a day. So you've run. Yeah, probably- I, uh, <clears throat> the four crown um, that I won at Eldora. That's three different races in one night. So that's that's the most I've raced in one night. But um, yeah, back, so like June and July, that's a lot of speed weeks. So like you got midget week, Ohio Sprint week, or Ohio yeah Ohio Speed week, and then straight to PA speed week. So I ran like 28 races in June, maybe more than that. And part of those sometimes, as you were coming along, you were running different type uh, of cars uh, and series. Yeah. And so it, you would do that in the same weekend and yep. sometimes in the same day. And 
uh, going through that, getting in your mind which one you were in and, and how different they were to drive? Yeah, so like in 2011 and 12, I was racing, you know, dirt midgets, pavement midgets, wing sprint cars, non-wing sprint cars, 360 sprint cars, 410, silver crown cars, the K&N car, <laughs> different days of the week every day. So um, I learned how to become versatile. And, and at the beginning, you, you had to think about which car you were in, but uh, that kind of came to me. <laughs> All right, next one. Levon wants to know what your favorite moment of 2017 has been so far. Can you pick one? Uh, the whole year in general has been a lot of fun. Um, but, but getting my cup wins cause cup wins are extremely tough to get. So all those have been great. Um, but then just the, the whole week of Knoxville nationals and then leading into Michigan winning at Michigan was, was awesome. So I would say that week of August was a lot of fun. How about that Michigan restart? Yeah. Oh gosh. That was, uh, never, I, I hardly ever do restarts or what you have, you know, planned in your mind kind of work out exactly how you need them to but uh, that one did and I, I couldn't <laughs> believe you know, how I still can't believe how it all happened real quick as we watch that Michigan restart Sam wants to know for the next Twitter question you're magically a star in another sport what sport would you pick oh that's a good question isn't it uh, not racing um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not athletic, really. I, I would love to be good at golf. Oh, yeah. I would love to be good at golf, but I'm We've heard struggling to break forward. 100 yes. right now. So uh, <laughs> I got some work to do on that end, but maybe DJ will give me some lessons. He's really good, in case, in yeah. case you want to know. All right, one final one. Uh, Chris Lees wants to know, do you have any plans? Indianapolis area, Sunday, May 27th, 2018. <laughs> ah. Hashtag double dare. So... You can take him up on that. How about that? Uh, I'd like to. We'll see. Um, I haven't. I haven't talked to Chip though yet about it. Um, All right. I would say for sure though, in my future. I, I don't know if next year's a year, but someday. There you go. Sunday, the double dare. There you go. Kyle Larson. Fun to have you today. We'll see you tomorrow at five. Thank you. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfecter of the patio and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.